0: Chapter 12, A Trip Through Time Oren beamed as he put down his book and quill, wiped his inky fingers on his tunic, and helped
1: Alfie to his feet. I was hoping that it wouldn't be too long before you paid me a visit. He smiled as he righted the overturned footstool. And that was quite an entrance. Alfie
0: went bright red. Ashford's plan had obviously worked, But he couldn't help being horrified that he had embarrassed himself in front of Oren Hopcraft. Sorry, I hope I'm not disturbing you. No
1: apology needed, said Oren, getting up
0: and reaching for a jar
1: labeled Mugwort. And no, you are not disturbing me at all. Take a seat and I will make us some tea. I have a feeling you bring troubling news. Oren took several
0: more jars of dried leaves and flowers from his shelves and measured them out into a kettle hanging above the fire. A sweet herbal aroma filled the room as he stirred the contents of the kettle and poured out two steaming cups of a greenish-yellow liquid. Alfie sniffed at his cup. He took a sip and felt every muscle in his body begin to relax. So, what brings you here? asked Orrin as he settled back into his armchair and fixed Alfie with his soft, gray eyes. Alfie began to tell him everything that had happened over the last few days. The words tumbled over each other in their eagerness to get out as he told the story of the castle invasion. Ashford being dragged away, the sprite that had taken his place, the elves that were now roaming the castle halls, Robin at risk of suffocating in the window seat, and the changed magic Merkle Snitch had left with him. Oren sat stroking one of the plates in his beard as Alfie finally finished talking
1: and waited for the Druid to speak. Our word for oak tree is dour. Door, he said at last, because there are doorways to other worlds such as the Elven realms. I have traveled through it myself between Samhain and Beltane, when the borders between worlds are thin. It should not have been opened by one without the knowledge or foresight to close it properly, especially as that person has already angered the ruler of that realm. Ashford has been foolish beyond belief. You know Ashford? Orrin shook his head. He cannot travel quite this far back, but I believe I will meet him at some point. I know of him and his deeds through Caspian. Can you help us? You could leave a warning for Ashford telling him not to go through. No, I am afraid I cannot interfere by trying to prevent this from happening, said Oren, his eyes grave. Whatever warnings I leave and for any of you in the future could just lead to events occurring in a different way. The fates warned me of this. Some points in history cannot be changed. Alfie's heart dropped.
0: He had been hoping that Oren would know exactly what to do and fix everything despite the 600-year time difference.
1: Ashford, "'How badly wounded is he?'
0: "'Very. I think the wound is infected. It's making him really weak.' Alfie handed over the letter and pouch that Ashford had given him. He sat quietly, studying the druid's face as he read the letter, wondering what it said. At last, Oren set the letter aside, placed the velvet pouch on his writing desk, and beckoned Alfie over to the table by the window. The druid cut sprigs from several of the herbs growing in pots on the windowsill and placed them into a stone mortar. Into the stone mortar Alfie had used last when making a potion with Ashford, which revealed his evil headmistresses as a two-headed dragon. "'You know what to do?' he asked, handing Alfie the pestle. Alfie took it and began to mash the herbs into a paste." Orne unstopped several glass vials and added drops of strongly scented oils to the mixture. As Alfie mixed the oils into the paste, Orrin took jar after jar from his crowded shells, tipping small amounts of different herbs into the iron kettle over his fire. The study was soon full of a heady herbal scent that made Alfie feel as though everything might be okay. When the herbs in the mortar were nothing but smooth paste, Orrin scooped them out into a glass jar and chanted musical sounding words over it. The mixture seemed to clarify, becoming the same slightly luminous green as the ointment that had healed Alfie's bruises at Munnin and Bone. I've seen this before, said Alfie. We used some of it on Asher
1: already. Is this your recipe? Orrin smiled. I have shared it with a few, but only I can make it as powerful as this. Trust me, this will work.
0: Before putting the top on the jar, Orrin spooned a small amount into the brew in the kettle and stirred the potion briskly nine times clockwise, then nine times widdershins, or counterclockwise. Using a cloth to carefully lift the kettle from the fire, he poured this steaming green liquid into a large stoneware jug.
1: First, give him a draught of this tinsane. It will send him to sleep for a couple of hours, then clean the wound and apply this paste straight to it as a poultice. Will it make
0: him better completely?
1: asked Alfie. Hmm. I cannot say without seeing him for myself, but it should draw the poison from his system when he wakes up he will be stronger
0: thank you Warren," said alfie tucking the jar into his pocket and taking the jug as well as a small sack into which the druid had packed a loaf of bread some cheese
1: and a flagon of water remember what i taught you last time you visited how to let yourself be drawn home alfie nodded and settled himself on the footstool gripping the jug and sack
0: tightly to ensure they traveled with him. Before he closed his eyes, the question that had been burning at the back of his mind sprang to his lips. The change magic! I don't want it! Emily said you could help me get rid of it, will you?
1: The creation magic I hid inside you when you were born could consume it to create something physical, said Orin. That is how I built this castle. But... It would not be wise for one with no magical training to try. That magic is best left sleeping. The more you use it, the greedier it will become. Alfie remembered the strange
0: feeling he had as he tried to turn into his dad. I could feel it watching me when I used the change magic. I think it wants to
1: feed on it i am sure it does all the more reason not to let it have its way and to stop using the change magic you are too young and inexperienced perhaps when your druid training begins i can but emily said i should practice her advice was unwise so i'm stuck with two magics that i don't want and can't even use
0: alfie clenched his hands into fists and spat out This isn't fair. I didn't even ask for any of this. People are getting hurt because of me, because of the magic you gave me.
1: Orin sighed. I am sorry. I burdened you even more than I realized when I hid the magic within you. But it, it was vital that it passed out of this time and into yours. Using it, especially untrained in magic, would bring great risk.
0: He paused, telling pulling thoughtfully at his beard, as
1: if unsure whether to tell Alfie something. Treat Ashford just as I have directed you, he said at last. If you really want to get rid of the change magic, he may be the only person that can help you.
0: Alfie tried to read Orne's face, but he said no more on it.
1: Tell Ashford I will do as he asks. He will find the item where he requested it to be left. Now go, back to your own time. Alfie
0: had no trouble traveling back through the years this time. It was as though he just had to let his body be pulled through time to the space it should occupy in the future. He wondered if that was how he should think when traveling into the past, as though he was hopping between his own lifetimes. There was a yell as Alfie materialized on the footstool, landing almost on Amy's knee. She jumped to her feet and tried to look as though she hadn't just shouted out in fright. Well
1: done, Alfie, said Ashford. I'm sorry for kicking you over. I thought it would help you imagine you were in real peril. Alfie could hardly be cross with him.
0: It had worked.
1: How's Robin?
0: he asked, setting down the steaming jug and hang the bag of food to Amy. Okay for now, said Madeline. elf is still sitting on the window seat, but we realized we could use the mirror to look inside it. She held out the mirror. Alfie watched Robin carefully roll over into a more comfortable position inside the large chest. It must have been dark in there, but the mirror had some form of night vision, allowing Alfie to see his cousin clearly. Better still, he could see a little shaft of light spilling through a small vent at the bottom of the chest. Alfie was sure it hadn't been there before. "Hmm, Nice one, Orin, he grinned. The others stopped searching a few minutes ago. They're eating now, said Madeline, showing Alfie the Great Hall. All of the elves that weren't watching rooms and hallways were sitting around the table eating what looked like "'the entire contents of Ashford's storeroom. "'The queen was on her throne, "'stroking the beak of the silver, silver sparrow on her shoulder "'as she ate flowers and berries from a small bowl. Oh, "'Looks like though they are just going to wait us out.'
1: "'Alfie, did you give Oren the message?' "'asked Ashford, pulling the blanket
0: tighter around his shoulders "'as he gave an involuntary shiver. "'I did.' "'He said he'd do what you asked "'and will leave it where you wanted him to put it. "'So are you going to tell us what it is, Ash?' Amy asked. "'Seems like Alfie has earned that much.'
1: "'I can't,' said Ashford. "'But it will solve all of this if I can take it to her.'
0: "'He pulled himself to his feet "'and began to stagger across the room. "'Alfie leapt up and held out his hands to block his path. "'Hey, hey, hey, slow down!' "'You're not seriously thinking of going out there.' "'I have to. I can make them leave.' Alfie stood firm as Ashford tried to push past him, but Amy and Madeline helped guide him, protesting back to the chair. "'See how weak you are?' said Alfie as Ashford tried and failed to stand up up again. "'If you can't even stand up properly, how can you confront them?' "'But I can stop this!' cried Ashford holding tightly to Alfie's t-shirt.
1: Then tell me where this thing is, if it would really make them leave. I can hand it over to them. No, you won't understand.
0: I've got to do it. Alfie realized that nothing was going to calm Ashford down and changed his approach. Okay, you can take it to them, but drink this first. He poured out a cup of the brew the druid had made, or said it would strengthen you. If you're going to face them, you'll need it. He raised the cup to Ashford's lips. Then you'll let me go to them, Ashford pleaded. I promise, said Alfie, now drink. No sooner had the butler drained the cup than he slumped back in the chair and began to snore gently. Amy pulled up one of the eyelids, one of his eyelids. He's out like a light. What did you give him Al? He's okay, said Alfie, guilt stabbing at him for deceiving Ashford. Orin said the tea would knock him out for a couple of hours while it drives out the poison. Ashford would be angry with him when he woke up, but there was no way Alfie was going to let him walk straight back into the elves' hands. Opening the jar the druid had given him, Alfie peeled back Ashford's shirt. He undid the bandage on the butler's shoulder and stared at the wound underneath. Madeline had done an excellent job of cleaning it. She had even applied little medical strips to hold the edges neatly down, but it still looked so raw. He began to apply the ointment in tiny dabs with his fingertip flinching as he moved closer to the wound. Give it here, said Madeline, swiping the jar from Alfie. She scooped out some of the ointment and smeared it carefully over the damaged skin. When she was satisfied, She began to bandage it back up. Ah, you're pretty amazing. You know that, Maddie? said Amy. I know, said Madeline in an offhand manner. But her cheeks flushed and Alfie knew she was secretly delighted by the compliment. Galileo stretched out on his shelf and gave a sleepy meow. as though letting her know that he thought she was amazing too. Alfie had almost forgotten, forgotten about the walkie talkie and nearly jumped out of his skin when he heard Robin's voice whispering from Oren's desk. He rushed over to grab it. Robin, what's going on? What's wrong? Is he okay? called Madeline, hastily pinning the bandages. Are you looking at this room? whispered Robin. He's gone, hasn't he? Amy called up the workshop on the mirror. The elf that had been guarding his room was nowhere to be seen. Yes, he's gone. Right, right. I'm going to try to get up to you now. Robin poked his head up out of the chest. His hair was plastered to his forehead with sweat. Don't do anything stupid, Robin, said Alfie. There are elves all over the place. There's even one in the library up here. You won't be able to get to us. Actually, he might, said Amy, showing Alfie the library in the mirror. It was empty. They're all in the Great Hall. Alfie glared at the elves in the mirror as they ate his food and drank wine from barrels they had dragged up from the cellars laughing as the sprite that had impersonated Ashford capered around the room for the Queen's amusement. The difficult bit is going to get the difficult bit is going to be getting him past the doorway of the Great Hall. Alfie watched as Amy checked the whole route from the workshop to the library. All the elves had disappeared from their posts around the castle to join the party. As long as Robin could get past the hall without being seen, he would be able to reach the library safely. Unless, I don't see that evil-faced one, Marriott, where is he? He was out in the courtyard when you were visiting Oren," said Madeline. Sending back some of the elves that got sprayed with the iron fillings. They look pretty burnt. I haven't seen him since. I think he went through with them. Robin, Alfie said into his radio, the coast is clear, but you need to go now. Stop when you get to the entrance hall. We'll let you know when it's safe to run past the great hall. Okay, crackled Robin. I'll turn the volume right down and hold it to my ears so they won't hear you. Now, Am I clear to the entrance hall? You are, said Alfie, images flashing in the mirror as Madeline checked Robin's route. I won't I won't talk to you again in case I hear. Follow me in the mirror and just say clear when it's safe for me to pass the great hall. He put on his backpack, which looked very heavy. Alfie realized that Robin had filled it with the little iron filing bombs and was holding a couple in his free hand wish me luck he whispered good luck madeline shouted as they watched robin leave the room in a cautious crouching run oh he's in the corridor he's going up the steps madeline commented needlessly as they as she clutched the mirror knuckles white reaching the entrance hall robin looked up and pressed the radio to his ear wait said alfie madeline called up the great hall turning the mirror to look around the room. Most of the elves were at the table, but several were milling around closer to the door. Alfie watched and waited, radio to his ear, ready to give the word. Amy got up and opened the inner door, positioning herself by the secret panel to open it for Robin. Most of the elves were idly, watching the sprite, who was balancing anything he could find on to an elf who had fallen asleep slumped over an empty wine barrel. Finally, a jug of water balanced on a teetering plate sent the whole pile cascading down, soaking the elf. Rudely awakened, he leapt to his feet, skidding and sliding on fruit and broken crockery. The queen smiled lazily as the elf chased the sprite around the room, cheered on by the watching elves.
1: "'Now, Robin, go!'
0: said Elfie, taking advantage of the chaos." Flicking back to the entrance hall, they watched Robin scurry past the doors unnoticed. Madeline cheered as as he started up the stairs. Ashford let out a little snort in his sleep at the noise. Oh, he's going to make it. He's going to make it, she cried as Robin took the stairs two at a time. But Alfie had seen a movement against the wall at the top of the stairs. He looked closer. It was an elf. His skin glamoured to match the color of the wall he was standing against. Robin, stop! He called into the radio. Robin stopped dead still. Realizing he had been seen, the elf started towards him. Robin fainted bright. When the elf moved in that direction, Robin hurled the metal balls in his hand at the stone wall. They shattered, sending out a shower of iron filings, and Madeline punched the air in delight as Robin raced down the corridor to the library, leaving the elf dance around, shaking the iron from his burning skin. Alfie scanned the shadows and his heart sank. Another camouflaged elf was waiting, meters from the library. There's another dead ahead, he shouted. Robin spun on his heel and ran the opposite direction toward Alfie's bedroom. Robin, said Alfie as his cousin hurtled towards his bedroom. Hide in the secret bathroom in my bedroom, behind the panel to the right of the wardrobe. Push on the dark knot in the wood and the door will pop open. Do you remember? Robin nodded as he ran. The elf slipped out of his glamour and began to charge after Robin. He was fast. Within seconds, he had grabbed Robin's backpack. Not wanting to touch the chainmail shirt, the elf tried to drag him to the stairs by the bag. Alfie held his breath as his cousin struggled to pull away, his walkie-talkie dropping from his hand. The stitching from the bag finally tore apart under the strain, sending a dozen of the metal balls crashing to the floor. The elf leapt out of the way, falling over the other who was running to join him while still shaking the iron from his skin. Robin raced away as both ended up in a heap. Ouch, said Amy. I thought elves were supposed to be graceful. Madeline changed the view to Alfie's room. Robin burst through the door and over to the paneled wall where he jabbed at the knot in the wood. The door to the secret room popped open. Watch out, cried Alfie, who had seen something move near his bed. The warning went unheard now that he had no way to communicate with his cousin. An arrow tore through Robin's sleeve, pinning his t-shirt to the woodwork. As he ripped it free, a shadow detached itself from the shadows of the bed curtains. Mariac. he raised his bow. Robin seemed to think twice about trying to slip through the secret door. Alfie couldn't hear what the elf was saying, but it be- soon became obvious as Robin slowly removed his chainmail shirt. The second the chainmail dropped to the floor, Mariac grabbed Robin by the wrist and dragged him from the room. No! screamed Madeline, sliding to her knees. Amy caught the mirror as it slipped from her hands. Marriott glared his disapproval at the two elves picking themselves up from the floor. They followed him meekly as he dragged Robin down the stairs toward the Great Hall. Robin wasn't even bothering to struggle. After the way the elf had treated Ashford, Alfie thought his cousin was wise not to resist He watched the mirror helplessly as Amy closed the door to the study and rushed to throw her arms around Madeline whose shoulders were shaking as Silent Tears splashed down on her t-shirt Alfie fought the urge to hit himself in the head Why had he gone along with Robin's plan? He should have told him to stay where he was Ashford said he he had a way to end this sobbed madeline we should have waited for him to wake up alfie felt worse than ever as he watched his cousin wiping her eyes and nose on her sleeve she shrugged amy's shoulder away and shook the butler by his one good shoulder wake up ashford please wake up we need you alfie could see that it was no use an earthquake wouldn't wake ashford until the potion had worked its course He eased Madeline's hands off the butler and set her down on the footstool. Artan floated over and wrapped himself around her like a blanket. Alfie picked up the mirror. Great hall. His voice shook as he wondered what they would see there. The elves were in a semicircle around Robin, who had been pushed into a kneeling position before the queen. She was holding something and seemed to be asking him a question, Robin answered, and then the queen smiled and lifted the object to her mouth. "'I have one of yours.' Alfie nearly dropped the walkie-talkie as a cold female voice crackled out of it. Amy and Madeline stared at Alfie in horrified silence. "'Your friend refuses to tell us where you are, "'so I'm giving you one last chance to do the right thing. "'Give me what I want, and I will return the boy.' just as you remember him. If not, I will leave him to Mary Hawk. You let him go right now, screamed Madeline, wrenching the walkie-talkie from Alfie's hands. Do you hear me? Give him back or you'll be the one who's sorry. Artan roared his agreement from her shoulder. A cruel laugh rang out from the radio, echoed by the rest of the elves. Bring me the lens within the hour! Her voice cut through the air like a razor blade. Or you'll hear every second of Marriott questioning your friend. One way or another, you will bring me what I want. The radio went dead. Alfie quickly yanked it from Madeline's hand to stop her throwing it against the room in rage.
1: Let me out! roared artan floating to the door let me go down there i will take robin back from them i will snatch them up and drop them in the lake if they try to fight
0: whoa there said amy leading artan to the other side of the room to calm down while alfie comforted madeline so what are we going to do madeline asked Her eyes flickered to the cord around Alfie's neck. "'Maddie, you know we can't just give them the talisman, right?' he said softly. "'You saw what they did to Ashford. We can't trust them to let any of us go. And who knows what they're planning on using the crown for when they had the lens?' "'Okay, okay, I know,' sighed Madeline. "'But we've got to do something.' Hmm, "'What was in the pouch that Ashford was going to take to them?' asked Amy. "'Maybe we can find that. "'It sounded like something they would accept instead.' "'I don't know,' said Madeline. "'It was hidden in a little safe under a tile in his bedroom. "'He sent Robin down to fetch it while you two were out for your swim, "'but I don't know what it was. "'Do you think he asked Orn to put it back there?' "'Alfie thought about it. "'No.' If Orrin put it where Robin found it, that would probably create some kind of time loop. We're trapped in here, so this must be where he asked for it to be left. Alfie sighed as he looked around the room with its many cabinets and shelves, crowded with books, jars, boxes, and oddities. It could take days to search, and he hadn't even found the keys to most of the little drawers and cupboards. But it'll take forever to find if we don't even know what we're looking for, sighed Amy. Madeline began searching anyway, going through all of the smaller items on the shelves one by one and asking if each could be the item Ashford was going to take to the queen. No, I don't think so. No, definitely not. Alfie answered patiently as she showed them a shark's tooth, a turquoise stone with a hole in it a spiral fossil and a tiny jeweled bottle. Alfie eventually left Amy to answer her and tried again to rouse Ashford. It was no use. He wasn't as pale and he had stopped sweating and shivering but he was out cold. Orrin's potion was working. Alfie wished he could drink some himself and wake up to find that none of this had happened. He picked up the mirror Robin seemed fine for the moment. He was sitting on a cushion by the queen's feet, watching as she made the silver sparrow flit from one hand to the other and then peck at the fruit on her plate as if eating. Alfie scanned the rest of the castle. Elves had been stationed at lookout post again, but without their camouflage glamour. The queen must be confident her ultimatum would work. The elf that had been guarding the library was back in the chair by the fireplace, his head nodding drowsily. As Alfie watched him slowly falling asleep, an idea began to creep into his mind. It wasn't a particularly well-formed plan, and it would be incredibly difficult to pull off, but as the minutes ticked swiftly by, it was the only thing he could think of. He had to rescue Robin, and this seemed the only way. He called Madeline and Amy over and explained his idea. Are you sure? Asked Amy, watching the elf in the mirror as Alfie took off his shoes and quietly opened the inner door leading to the library. Because there's no going back once we do this. I'm sure, said Alfie, against all the evidence his brain was sending him. He stepped into the little passageway between the library and the study. Madeline followed an arrow knocked to her bow. The three of them stood just behind the panel door to the library in their socks. Artan floated inside the study, watching them gloomily. He had begged to be allowed to help, but Alfie was worried he might get overexcited. If the elf woke and had chance to warn the others, they might as well just hand the talisman straight over. Alfie put one hand on the panel door, ready to swing it open, the other tightly clutching a ball of thick, coarse twine he had found on Orrin's shelves. He hoped it would be strong enough. Madeline stood silently next to him, bow raised and half drawn. Amy put down the mirror and took up the cotton scarf she had used to cool Ashford's brow, holding one end in each hand. What if he calls our bluff, over being ready to shoot him, she whispered. Alfie looked at the fierce set to Madeline's jaw and the fire burning in her eyes. He'll believe it, and he'll know we mean it, he whispered back, ready? Madeline and Amy nodded. Alfie opened the door, it swung outward silently, and they stepped through. Madeline trained her arrow immediately on the elf. String held taunt as the three of them advance silently on the sleeping figure.